Hello and welcome to Wisdom and Productivity, the podcast of Dr. Efraim Martinez. I am a school principal in search of wisdom so I can best serve my community. As part of this show, I interview luminary figures as I believe humanity can be better if they learn from them. In essence, the purpose of this podcast is to learn about the side B of the luminary figure, meaning what makes them be who they are. It is also an opportunity to express gratefulness for the perhaps even more luminary figures that inspired the interviewee. Today, I have the distinguished honor of interviewing Chuck Moss, a father, a director of innovation and development, and previous principal at Dean Weedy County Public Schools in Virginia. I first met Chuck in the IPC group led by uh, Adam Welcome, Dr. Rachel George, Andy Jacks with the NAESE, NAESP. And uh, this group keeps up giving because I have met so many amazing people. And one of them is Chuck who radiates positive energy in everything that he does. And when he led, we listened to him. It is an honor to have him here today. Chuck Moss, who are you? Well, well, well thank you. I, I, I love hearing myself being described as a luminary and, and I'm gonna do everything I can to, uh, to live up to that outstanding introduction. Um, I think that you, you listed one of my most important responsibilities first. I, I'm a husband and a father. Um, that, that's the key thing. I, I'm a 25-year uh, educator. I've done everything from uh, teaching in the classroom to, you know, being an assistant principal, being a coach, uh, you know, all those different things, and then a principal and eventually a director here uh, in Dinwiddie um, County, which is it's just a little bit south of, uh, of Petersburg, about 25 minutes southwest of the Richmond area. Um, and uh, the, the question of who I am, I, I like to believe that what I am is I'm, I'm, I'm a discoverer of moments of awesome. Um, I, I like to uh, be able to live up to my why, which is I want to bring out the best in people so they can bring out the best in others. Beautiful. I love that. Bring the best in people so they can bring the best in others. Fantastic. Thank you for sharing that, Chuck. So, can for the listeners of the show, can you please walk us through your professional trajectory up to this point? Sure. Uh, you know, I, I started out back in uh, 1995 as a, as a graduate of Longwood College here in Virginia. And uh, I was an eighth grade civics teacher, uh, well, civics and English, uh, coached, um, let's see, football and also coached. Uh, wrestling and even had a stint as a softball coach and um, I enjoyed all of that and, and then uh, somebody said I want you to be a team leader which I had said don't ever make me a team leader but um, you know about three years into it they said we want you to do that um, so I'd be glad to do that but just don't put me in charge of a correlate two years later they put me in charge of a correlate um, I really never thought that administration was my you know, direction or the trajectory I would follow But an opportunity to go through a cohort through my school came up, and so um, I became, I got my degree, uh, then became an assistant principal, and did that for many years, and then went back in the classroom for a couple of years because I realized that while I was making sure that this technology we have was being delivered to teachers, I didn't know how to use it. 
so it was important for me to go back and, and uh, you know, again, going to the, the title of, your, of the podcast, the wisdom part of it. I had all the knowledge, but the wisdom part, you know, how, how do I, what, what are the intrinsic ways these things can be used? And so I learned that. Uh, then I went back into administration. I was encouraged to do that and uh, was an assistant principal down here in Dinwiddie and principal and now uh, director there. I appreciate you sharing that. So, like in Back to the Future, Chuck, if you could ba go back in time in any of the positions you have held, what is one or two things you will tell yourself? Well, the, the first thing that I would want to remind myself is that when you meet a former student on the street, you want them to say how much they enjoyed your class. Not how much they learned, necessarily. Not which project they remember the most, but that they knew you cared about them and that they were, they loved walking into your class. That's why I used to tell kids all the time when they came to open house. I said, I cannot promise you're going to walk out of here loving civics, but this will be your favorite class. And, you know, as I look back at my first couple of years as a teacher, I just wish that I could remind myself the importance of that, of that relationship. And that's what I tell new teachers all the time. And I love recruiting. I love going to meet new people and, and just watching the spark in the eye of someone who's chosen a profession that is completely based on making someone else successful. And and just seeing that, that passion and enthusiasm and knowing that I brought that to the table, but in the middle of it, I didn't know it. But, uh, you know, I, I'd like to just go back and, and remind all the moments of self-doubt, get them out of the way because your kids are going to love being in your class. Uh, there's people that spend their entire lives trying to get to that point. Thank you for sharing that. Um, this is a broad question. Who do you learn from? Oh, gosh. There's so many people that, uh, that I, I mean, you know, the, the innovative uh, leader circle that we were a part of, um, you know, I've learned so much from, uh, from Adam Welcome and Andy Jackson, Rachel. Um, Uh, Hamish Brewer is is I, I count him as a friend, and I just love to you know listen to the things that he's talking about and just see. I mean, for all the people who are wondering if Hamish Brewer is who he seems to be, yes, that man is 100% the person that you see on the screen. That's who you see when you shake hands with him coming out of his car. Um, but I, I, and just so many people. You know, my, my first. Uh, principal in Louisa, um, the superintendent, Dr. Kerry Weston, here in Dinwiddie right now, and our assistant superintendent, Dr. Royal Gurley, who just took a new job uh, as a superintendent of Charlottesville City Public Schools. You know, I learned so much from them because they have such high expectations, but it's not expectations looking for you to fail. It's expectations looking for you to rise to the moment. And so they've taught me so much more about the fact that the things I've never done before, because when Dr. Weston hired me to be a principal, I'd never done that before. I didn't know exactly how that was supposed to look, but she had faith in my ability to do it. And I've learned just so much from her and just from her championing, uh, you know, championing me and, and, and all the other teachers in the area and, and the principals. Um, And, and again, I, I could go on forever. I learned from you. You know, we learned together in that, uh, that principal circle, that leader circle. Um, and I, I can't say enough how important it is to be part of a group like that. Um, and I don't just mean the innovative leadership circle. I know that that 
uh, has a limited number of openings, but the NAESP, it's so vital to me because even though I'm a director, I'm still a member of the NAESP because you've got to have a circle of people on whom you can lean, from whom you can learn, and who might benefit from hearing what you have to say. Fantastic. Thank you for sharing that. It's important to be a member of professional organizations so we can inform our practice. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that, Chuck. Um, another big one. Uh, who is or who are your biggest influences? Um, Joe Sanfilippo, for one. Uh, you know, go crickets. Um, I learned so much from him about branding your school. And, and that's one of the things that I wanted to do when I became the principal of the middle school. I just wanted us to be one of the most recognizable brand in the county um you know because a lot of people think about middle school and all they see the trials and tribulations and yes those things are, are real but there are there's some great things that happen in a middle school and you know so if i don't share those things on twitter or on facebook or i didn't tell people those stories then the negative things would be overwhelming and and, and we got to do better than that and so i i learned so much from joe about sharing my story And then also uh, Jimmy Cassis. I learned so much from Jimmy because of just how he talks about every kid deserves everything you've got all the time. And, you know, I, I just think back to, uh, you know, sharing the book Culturized with my leadership team when I started uh, as principal of one of the elementary schools here at Dinwiddie and, and just saying, this is going to be our book. And um, I, what I found was the best way to do it was I just assigned different grade levels, different chapters, and said, okay, now you have to teach this to us. And that was the best way to internalize the messages that came in there. And if you if you had a chance to see or hear Jimmy Cassis speak, he, he has so much information, so much knowledge about the right way to go about building your culture. Because a lot of times we misunderstand culture. Culture means your people are glad to be there. Culture is the way people think about your school when they're not in it. And, you know, he, he was just vital in my realizing that I wanted to be the kind of school where people talked about us in a positive light. Even if they had a couple of bad moments, they had an overall positive experience to share. Thank you for sharing all those uh, important names, all exemplary figures to follow. Thank you so much. Uh, let me ask you a follow-up question. Um, for someone who has left, uh, at least for a moment, the principalship and going to a central office, uh, what are one or two thoughts or observations you would like to share in terms of lessons that you have learned? Wow. Uh, that, and I don't know that I've been doing it long enough to share a whole lot of lessons, um, But uh, one of the things that I've learned is it's important to stay in the, in the schools. Um, so even though I'm at the central office level, I make it a point to be in at least one school a week. I try to make it two because I never want to forget why I'm doing what I'm doing. And it's easy to forget that. One of the things I'm in charge of is virtual learning. And so I spend a lot of time talking to people who are having problems with our virtual learning platforms and things like that. And it's easy to get lost in the weeds of that and, and get trapped there. And so by putting on my calendar these school visits and really getting out and seeing 
what's going on in the schools, number one, I'm better able to think about development. What specifically does this school need for its development? But also, number two, do people see me and know that I'm there if they need me? Because if I'm just a, if I'm just an email that they get every now and then, that doesn't mean anything. But if I can go and take pictures at their school and, and you know show videos of some of the great things they're doing with their kids, I become their champion, and you recognize your champion. And 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 you know that's the, and it makes me feel good because I'm able to see those moments of awesome that I'm so proud of, and and just getting to be there right in that moment it, it means everything. Um, the other important message I can say is. Make sure that you get to know the people in your office with you. I know that there are offices where sometimes the, the members of that community never meet. You've got to spend some time making sure you know who's around you. And we have the luxury of Denwood of being a relatively small county. But, you know, in, in, like in Chicago, I'm sure that, that some of your central office are, are huge. And you just got to make sure you take the time to find people because you need somebody who you can walk into the office and shut the door and say, I just need to talk to you for a minute. And, you know, that that was so important in school leadership and it's important in district level leadership too. Absolutely. Importance of relationship. Thank you for giving us that uh, uh, um, wisdom cookie. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Um, Uh, Chuck, as you know, being successful includes being on top of our productivity, but this can mean so many things to so many people. So what does it mean to you? And what are one or two pieces of advice you can suggest for the listeners of the show? Well, honestly, I think productivity is dependent on the moment in a lot of ways. Because um, I've, I've had days where I've worked and worked and worked and worked and worked, and at the end of it, I'm like, what's different about me Before I got here and after, and, and, I, and I don't know that I made any headway. And so was I, was I really being productive? But, you know, sometimes, you know, as a building leader, uh, as a principal, you'll have that moment where the productivity is making things better in the current situation. You know, what did you do right then to handle it? But you've also got to look long term. And so I think those are the, the, the that's really what my advice would come down to, you know, celebrate the moments of productivity that happen during the day when you're able to say you know what i made a difference because i did this or i made a difference because you know th this person feels better about what they're doing because of my conversation but also think at the end of the year we've got state mandated tests we've got uh, teacher retention we've got the thing so how am i being productive there am i spending the year recruiting my own staff Am I recruiting the people that are already there so I can make them a more productive member of my school and keep on, you know, putting those veteran relationships in there? You know, what am I doing to make my school a better place? And if you've made it a better place, I think you've been productive. Fantastic. Uh, let me ask you a follow-up question. Uh, you must have uh, your calendar always full. Uh, with responsibilities, events, and of, of course, we also have our personal lives. Uh, what are one or two pieces of advice you can uh, share in terms of um, scheduling our, our life so we can actually live it? Well, uh, you know, one thing is try to find at least one day a week, and it doesn't have to be the same day every week, But try to find at least one day a week where you leave your office at the end of your work time. 
Now, I know that we've chosen a career that generally you you wake up at 5 and you start answering emails at 5.04 and you don't end your day until 7.30 when you're sitting there having dinner with your family and you've got to remind yourself to put your phone away, you know. Um, but I think it's really important that to at least walk away from your office at least one day a week when you're supposed to, you know. And, and then the thing for me, uh, I love fishing. There is, I mean, if you follow me on Twitter, see any of my pictures, I mean, that's one thing I love to do. And so, you know, one of the things I try to do is find time to recharge on the weekend to do that. My wife goes with me very often. And so it's something we can do together. And it's just time that we can enjoy being together. And the last thing I'm going to say, and this sounds kind of crazy, but bring as little home as you can. You know, that, that's one of the biggest things for me was I was bringing home these enormous stacks of work. And if I did them, I neglected my family. If I didn't, I felt like a failure the next morning. So I just decided, you know what? I'm going to leave it at work because it will be here in the morning when I get here. And I'll get started right then and there. Good. Awesome. Let me ask you one more follow-up question. In terms of going fishing, walk me through because it seems it's a passion, right? And mm -hmm. I want to learn more. So for, for an outsider, what does fishing does for you? Tell me maybe about the process of getting ready and the event and the accomplishment, the family time. How, how would you describe that in an elevator speech? Oh, wow. Well, um, first of all, let me say this. Being in Chicago, you got some great urban fisheries right there in that area. Um, But uh, so if I was in, if I was doing an elevator uh, pitch and trying to, tell, I'd say this: it is the most zen activity you can ever do, because you have to be in the moment. Because the minute you're not in the moment, I remember one time I got distracted and a fish came up and was hitting my lure, and I wasn't doing a thing. I could see it in the water hitting my lure, and I just watched it because I was so busy thinking about something else. I literally forgot what I was doing. So you've got to be focused on the moment. And also what it does is it allows you to disconnect from all the other things that could be pulling your attention away and allows you to just be yourself, be in yourself, be in the moment. Um, you know, and, and I think that's, that's one of my favorite things about it. Um, but there's also something I, I, I can't describe it unless you've done it. If, when you're fishing a top water bay, the lure that sits on top of the water, and a fish comes up and hits it, there's very little as exhilarating as watching that thing. Because there are times when it sounds like someone has thrown a bowling ball in the water, and you just know that great things are, are going to be happening there. So, again, it, it's just totally zen for me. And the process of getting ready builds up this anticipation it's kind of like when you know how when you when you have to sneeze and you don't you just keep building up to, it's that feeling you know and then finally the next day you get to go and do whatever and it's that also that sense of you know because i fish with lures I, i don't use live bait very often and it's just that sense of i went out into nature and convinced nature that what i was throwing was natural and you know that's kind of a a, a neat feeling you know Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. It's the first time I have an opportunity to ask someone about fishing that actually knows about fishing. So thank you for sharing that. I am sure the listeners of the show will appreciate that. 
this has been Chuck a great conversation um, any last thoughts to share with the listeners I just want to say once again how much I appreciate you um, and I want to say to the listeners how much I appreciate them choosing to spend some time uh, listening to what I had to say and, and uh, I just think that um, one of the important things if you're listening to this podcast you are someone interested in bringing out the best in people so never give up on that there's always going to be something in every person to celebrate and when you celebrate the small things Eventually, you're going to find that big thing that you can celebrate with them. Amen. Thank you so much, Chuck. It has been so nice to have you in the show. Thank you. I, again, I appreciate the opportunity. And uh, I, I think back to what Adam said, just do it. And you are just, you are there, man. You are doing it. And I'm so enormously proud of you. Thank you, Chuck. It has been a pleasure. This has been the podcast of Dr. Efraim Martinez, Wisdom and Productivity. Peace and come.